and welcome everybody to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father and I as we discuss relevant and meaningful ideas and values inspired by the weekly Torah portion. Our goal is to open our discussion to you in the hopes that it will give you something to think and reflect on, as well as be another interesting conversation that you can have with your family, friends, and peers. So let's delve right in. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are back. It's been a while. I feel like I say that a lot. (laughs) Hello, everybody. We're back. (laughs) Um, We are going to be talking about Purim and Parshas Tetzave. And that's it. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. But what we'd like to focus on is is clothing, because clothing has a predominant uh, presence in the Parsha of Parsha's Tetzaveh, which is about the clothing of mm-hmm. the Kohanim, of the priests of the Beit HaMikdash and <clears throat> the Mishkan. And um, one has to wonder, perhaps a house of the Lord um, has its details, but why is it so important, the clothing? Why is the clothing important? We're very uh, desensitized to the importance of clothing today. We don't have official clothing that we really um, that we really use anymore. I remember as a kid, there was a chazan who used to come into the shul once a year um, until he didn't <laughs> because he was awful. But he, <laughs> he would wear a chazan hat. You know, those funny looking like octagonal shaped hats that I think for his joke, one of us got it for like a bar mitzvah present, (laughs) like with a tassel on the top. So like any of that stuff, even today, it's even hard to imagine anybody wearing uniforms. Um, Even the UPS guys are like, Oh, UPS, like they make a whole thing. Like they wear uniforms and whatever. And like everybody makes a big deal about it. Like they're cute. They're not cute. Whatever. (laughs) Who wears uniforms? Stifling people, my freedoms. People, yeah. People wear uniforms if they want to be associated with an institution. You know, stewardesses, stewards, they're wearing, you know. Who's wearing uniforms? Why would we need a uniform inside the Beit HaMikdash? Like, are they... Uh, okay, let's just leave that as a, as a question. But it's also not everybody. It's it's the Kohanim. Right. So why why are the Kohanim that are doing that voter, they need to wear certain things? And it's, it's very, very detailed exactly what they have to wear. Mm. A lot of laws that have to do with what they have to wear. <clears throat> and just to jump to Purim, Purim talks also a lot about a lot of um, exteriors anyway. you know, um, It does talk a lot about clothes. Not only just the preparation of the party, the external parts of the party, and exactly how the big party was uh, so lavish, and it had like, why do we need to know what the palace looked like, and it had marble, and it had this, and it had that, and then when Mordechai um, right, and, and Mordechai, when he finally comes out triumphant, he comes out with these clothing that's uh, blue, blue wool and this wool and that color and this color. And interestingly enough, Chazal kind of make a interesting connection by saying that the great, 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 great grandson of Benjamin 
um, was is it like a it was was awarded these clothing almost as a um, as a fulfillment of something that happened to his great 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 grandfather Binyamin, which when Yosef gave uh, five changes of clothing to Binyamin after they reconciled with Binyamin and with the family. With Yosef. Uh, with Yosef. In other words, Yosef uh, revealed himself to his brothers and he gives them all, you know, gifts and he gives them all a change of clothes. But to Binyamin, he gives five changes of clothing. <laughs> so it says, well, this is a harbinger to what's going to happen to his great, 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 great grandson, who's also going to come out with five articles of clothing at the time of his, you know, triumphant victory over Haman and etc. Right? Now, what is what are they trying to say there? Why are they drawing our attention from one thing to the other? What? Who cares about the amount of clothing that they were wearing? Like, why? Why is this? Why is this even a thing <clears throat> of importance? Hmm. 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 See. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm one of those people that don't truly buy into the whole clothing thing. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah. As. As you say with your <laughs> torn pajama situations. Um, yeah, but you were saying like people don't really wear uniforms. People do. Um, I just feel like there are those who don't like it and those who are okay with it. But I'm saying the whole Haredi world is pretty uniformed. The whole penguin look. Okay, so let's get let's get into that mm. a little bit because, you know... Um, I think society as a whole was very marked by uh, a class system that where people dressed a certain way so you could identify them. Right. It was very common to see people in a certain class um, getting um, to wear only certain clothes. I mean, the, the, the yellow star thing for Jews seems to be so discriminatory. Um, at that point in time. But earlier, Jews always wore very marked clothing. The certain types of hats, the three-pointed hats, or certain types of hats that they used to wear. <clears throat> I'm not really sure during all the history of the Jews in, you know, exiled lands, if they were forced to wear those things or they did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But seemingly, even from the way back from the times of Egypt, we say that the Jews you know, made a point of wearing particularly Jewish clothing because there was Jewish clothing because it says they didn't change their clothing. They didn't wear Egyptian clothing. clothing If they didn't, they weren't commanded in tzitzis or they weren't covering their head. Whatever it meant. They were from wherever, from a different land, they had a different style. The women weren't wearing tichels. (laughs) You still see, you know, there's certain people that have traditions about what they wear. You know, you go to Bolivia, you see the women wearing these funny hats and you go to... I don't know, you get certain castes and certain societies, they wear certain things. Mm-hmm. It's not just the criteria of what type of, uh, you know, of, of uh, I don't know, modesty. It's, it's about a certain type of clothing. It's mm-hmm. a certain style. It's a certain look. The bottom line is it's an identifying, uh, it's an identifying uh, medium. It's an identifying sign that you are, you belong to a particular group. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The difference is that by the Kohen, we can understand that the Kohenim need to wear certain things because not always. If they leave the Beit Hamikdash, they don't have to wear it anymore. 
But in the Beit HaMikdash, when they're doing the service, so they have to wear certain things. So that creates a certain consciousness, right? That's the idea. That's where we're trying to what we're trying to point out over here. Clothes creates consciousness. It creates a consciousness that you're in the Beit Hamikdash. You're serving. You're doing a special job. Identity. The people need well. to identify you as something different, right? You when you see a person in a uniform, you you stop and th- you know you it's clear it just goes straight to your um to a clear understanding that this this is a person that represents something. It's doing something specific. Right, mm-hmm. so that's what that's what clothing does for you, right? <clears throat> Marker, identifier. Right. Question is, if can we go any deeper than that? Can we go any deeper than that? Because the Torah does spend a lot of space and time, and it should be like this, and it should be like that, and and it's not just any old clothes. I mean, it's a certain type of clothes, right? They didn't. They in the base of Mitzvah, for example, they had no shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't wear shoes. You know the um, the the robes that they wore were very specific, with specific in, uh, materials that they used for them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the the pectoral, the choshen mishpat, was a completely wild thing with stones and ornate stones in it. Mm-hmm. And then. <clears throat> When we think of, let's say, Mordechai's triumph of over Haman, he's wearing these specific clothes that that, that it's interesting. It's important for us to know. You know, but he's that he wearing wore this. he's wearing big day Amalek. Like Haman right. was like, that's what I want to wear. Right. He's wearing, uh, you know, royal clothing, and so again, like what what are perhaps what what are what are we trying to do when we say that you know the great 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 grandfather Benjamin is given by his brother Joseph these clothing, you know, and that uh, that's a harbinger to him getting like what does that have to do with anything? Like what is what is the message there? What what is it trying to say? Like could be it could be so many things. I mean, clothing, like you said, then could be a status. It could be a status. It could be a symbol. It could be. If you were to make the comparison between, or the analogy then between um, Yosef getting clothing and then Mordechai getting clothing, then you would throw the assumption or the suggestion that it's really saying that he's going to get, he's going to achieve a certain status within the community where he's at. You know, he's wearing the king's clothing, he gets the ring afterwards, he takes up a high position in the palace. Um, so it seems to be one of one of status. Beyond that... <clears throat> I'd like to I'd like to throw out an idea that I'm thinking about that Benjamin in this in the story is a very unassuming uh, character in mm-hmm. the whole story. He's very silent. Very he de- Benjamin doesn't say anything. Right. He's like almost passive. He's the youngest child. Um, he's Yosef's younger brother who he never met. That's true. There's a lot of um, emotional attachment to him for not knowing him it's almost like you know he pines to know his younger brother almost as if a person almost a way the way a person would pine to 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 reconnect to his family so that like to know that the unknown brother the brother who's not tainted by um hatred or family strife like a pure relationship Um, so when Yosef like kind of reconnects to him, 
right? And he gives him these clothing. <clears throat> I think perhaps what Chazal are seeing over there is that it's kind of like a bequeathing <clears throat> of position to like the unassuming, to the meek, to the to the humble. Just like Mordechai, who, Mordechai is not this like, you don't get this image that Mordechai in the story of Purim is this like, you know, shyster, kind of like a macher, hacker, macher, chevraman. You know, he's like very humble. Like he's, he he, he strikes a humble image, you know. Mm -hmm. He's working behind the scenes. He's trying to get things done that need to get done. You know, he's certain, a person is very dedicated to the task, and he certainly is not looking for kavod. He's the anti-kavod, right? There's Haman, who's the pro-kavod, who's running after kavod. And there's Mordechai, who's willing to go with tattered clothing because he's, he suffers so much for the suffering of his people that he has absolutely no important, it's absolutely no, not important what he's wearing. His mm-hmm. personal image is absolutely not important. He comes with tattered clothing, levush sak, and, and, and Esther has to send clothing out to him to say that it's impossible to walk into the king's palace wearing these clothing. You know, you have to worry about your image. You can imagine, you know, a mother like sending clothing to the child who's sitting in the basement, just learning, he's not even thinking about what he's wearing, you know, just because, you know, you're, you're a bentor, you need to look somewhat decent. You know, you can't just walk around with ripped clothing. It's that kind of image. And it's Mordechai himself who's who is given this um, this like upgrade and status through his clothes. Like he comes, Mordechai comes out, so to speak, as the leader, almost being foisted into that leadership position as like an as as a as the the leader of the Jewish people by being given these clothes that he was never looking for. But all of a sudden, the king says he needs to wear the king's clothes instead of Hamad. Mm-hmm. Right, and that seems to be the sign of of his, uh, you know, coming to of age or coming into being, coming into his position as like a real leader of the Jewish people. But what I want to point out about the clothing thing is that it's it's we celebrate that clothing. It's very um, appropriate. Uh, for him to be wearing these clothing because clothing ultimately when it's doing the right when it's doing the right thing it's being adorned on people that are unassuming they're not using the clothing to become something that they're not but they're using the clothing to reflect really what they are right and that's why i was using the word humility because the the humility of like the Kohanim that says that the, they wear the clothes lekavod ulatifaret, they wear the clothes that it should be for honor and glory, right? And then ultimately the idea is that it should honor themselves as in as, in as much as they are serving, and it should honor the the glory of it is that it's honoring their position, it's honoring what they represent, right? But it's not trying to create something out of nothing. Right? It's not trying to create more of themselves than what they are. And that, I think, is where lies the distortion of what we do with clothes these days, which is people need clothes to create them, themse- for themselves an image that doesn't really reflect who they are. right? And that's why people will go to great lengths to make sure that their clothing are a certain way and to spend a lot of money and time on their clothing 
as a, a way of inflating themselves. And the Gemara says, why do we wear changes of clothing, for example, on Shabbos or Yontif? Rabbi Yochanan himself said, he called, Rabbi Yochanan called his clothing, he, he gave a name to his clothes, he says, Manai Mechabdutai, that my, my clothes are, my, are the things that honor me. Because ultimately, if a person walked around without clothes, on a very basic, essential level, so since we don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore, so then <clears throat> uh, the, a person would be derided, a person wouldn't have even be on the level that he should be, which is an honest level, of who he is, people would deride him. He would people would disparage him. He would he would not receive the the, the honor that he receives as a person of mm-hmm. who he is. The, the 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 clothes bring you to a level of what, of who you should be. They they allow you to function in the world as a person and reflect your inner self through your clothing. Right. Um, we wear special clothing on Shabbat, and that's the context of the Gemara because. We're now honoring the Shabbat, right? We're 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 going to a different role on Shabbat because we're now we're we're going to doing the Tiferet that we're creating glory for Shabbat. That's what we're trying to do. It's not when a person looks at somebody else at at, at his outfit and and goes, "Oh, that's gorgeous!" You know, you look fantastic. The reaction should always be like, "Kavat Shabbat." I'm not doing it for me. I'm just me. If you have a different impression of who I am. Because I'm wearing fancy clothes, that's not what I want to do. It's not what I want to create. And we're so so. Um, I, I believe that we're so so uh, sunk into that idea of modern modern world and modern dressing. We don't even think about it anymore. But when people get that lift, that extra lift of like, oh, you look fantastic, right? We have we have to have that sense to say to ourselves. I mean, I know who I am. I know what I look like. I know that the, the inflated sense of self that I'm going to get when people say to me, oh, you look, if you've ever had that experience, it's, it doesn't, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, unless a person is like really down on himself or whatever, but if, but if a person has a decent self image and self esteem, you don't need your clothes to create yourself, but you need the clothes to protect yourself. You need the clothes to protect yourself, A, to protect your honor of who you are, and it also, you use clothes to reflect a higher uh, value, or, you know, like Shabbos. So the Kohenim would use the clothes, not just L'chavod, for their own personal integrity, right? But L'tiferet, but also for glory. Glory is the what goes beyond you. Tiferet is like a crown, it goes beyond you, right? So you're representing a great idea of the, the idea of the presence of God on earth, that the idea that there's a temple, the idea that you can bring, you know, uh, offerings to God and come close to God, and that I'm going to be the intermediary between you and God. That's a huge um, position to take, right? So the idea that people walk around today and associate themselves with a certain group, like you were mentioning before, that's that's just cultural stuff. I don't. That's not really what we're talking about here. And so because people are afraid to identify with anything else. That's, I'm not even going there. I mean, that's just cultural associations and a person wants to be associated with this and associated with that. I'm talking about the essential aspect of clothes being that which protects and also that which glorifies. And I think in the case of um, just the thought that I was trying to say before, that the 
that the the sages are drawing our our attention from Binyamin to all the way to Mordechai is because they're saying there's something very humble about the this the the figures or the uh, the personalities in the story of Binyamin, you know, from the Sheva Binyamin. Esther also from the Sheva Binyamin were, you know, humble. There was a certain humility there. Shaul Hamelach that comes from uh, Binyamin also was known for his humility. And that might have been what, what got him in at the end, you know, when the story of this Parsha, we're going to read Parsha of Amalek, of getting rid of Amalek, and the story that we read in the Haftorah is that Shoah was given the the, posi- the 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 mission of destroying Amalek in Eretz Yisrael, and that was a very key moment. Mm-hmm. And because of his humility in front of the people, his over-humility, right. he decides <clears throat> that he's going to spare whatever he decides to spare, including the king. Which I always never understood. It's like, if you're going to spare people, spare, right. I don't know, the little <laughs> people, vulnerable people. Why are you sparing the king? I never understood. Like, why does he have Rahmanus on the king exactly? But in any case, he has too much Rahmanus. And the bottom line is, is because he folds in front of the people instead of being who he's supposed to be. And that's what Shmuel the Navi Hanavi says to him. He says, Roshif te Yisrael, imkatanat halo, imkatanata be'inecha, Roshif te Yisrael ata. Even though you're small in your own eyes and you're humble, mm-hmm. nice, but you are to have a position. So what I'm saying is that the nexus between humility and knowing your self-worth versus representing something that's beyond you is the challenge of every leader, is the challenge really of every person. And clothes are those things that try to um, accompany you in that I guess, balance. The, the clothes are supposed to reflect who you are and, and protect your essential integrity. But it's sometimes also you need clothes to represent something that's beyond you. and not, But not to fly with the clothes as if the clothes are you. You are you now wearing clothes. And when you put on a crown, you should look in the mirror and say, this crown is, I like, oh, how do I look in this crown? No, you look like an idiot. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's what you should be thinking. Me, myself, and I. It's not about me. I don't look good in a crown. But I'm wearing a crown because I'm representing something. So when other people see it, they'll say, oh, there's the crown of the king. The king acts a certain way. He is a certain way. We have to relate to him in a certain way. Because there's this value that he's representing that affects all of us. It needs to be said. It needs to be expressed that way. We need to express Shabbos. So we all dress like Shabbos. It's, that's why it's important to dress like Shabbos. Because... If a person says, I'm going to wear my torn jeans on Shabbos because I'm comfortable, because that's who I am, you're missing the boat. It's not about you now anymore. It's about you getting on a plane and representing United Airlines. So you can't go in torn jeans. Everybody understands that. You have to wear a a, a uniform because you're representing United Airlines. So if you're representing Shabbos, you have to represent Shabbos. Shabbos doesn't want torn jeans. Torn jeans might represent you, which is fine. But it doesn't represent Shabbos. Hmm. I'm loving the differentiation that you're making here. And I like, I can't believe we never had this conversation before. But you can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, I just, I love that. I love how I basically love the two points that you're making, which is that A, clothing, there's a minimum, there's a minimum requirement that we each have that's just very basic, which is that on a day to day, level um we wear clothing in order to 
both um I keep thinking about the word gar- garnish, but that's not the word. <laughs> Garner is the word that garnish? I wanted. Okay. So garnish, okay. Garnish word. Garnish doesn't make sense. No, garnish is... To garner the respect of ourselves and others. It's the way we present ourselves. And even in like the, in the, you know, coaching mental health world, there's a, there's an under, there's a very clear understanding, which is the, that the way we present ourselves to, to ourselves... I don't think you're looking for the word garner, mm-hmm. but okay. No, it, it is, meaning... When, like you said, if you were to come to get, if you were to show up to something wearing a blanket with, you know, just your essentials underneath, you wouldn't gain anything in, in other people's eyes. They would kind of just look at you like, who's this person strolling in from the streets? Like, what are you doing here? Do you, did you lose yourself on the way to the mental asylum? Like, what's going on? I'm <laughs> thinking of that, of that movie with that what's his face. The what? The movie with the crazy dude who's in the asylum was hilarious. Oh, the old movie? What's his face? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? No. <laughs> the actor who just does hilarious things in every single movie. John Kerry? John Kerry. Jim Kerry. Jim, Jim Kerry. Kerry. <laughs> He's like in a tutu at the mental asylum. But yeah, but basically you walk in and people, you know, obviously judge people on the way they present themselves and the way they're coming off. Um... So I think that that's where we are all are on a societal level on the sense that we believe that the way we dress will influence how other people perceive us. That's what I mean by the garnering of respect. It's like if you were to dress yourself up more than, let's just say, your, you know, just station in life, you know, a little bit old fashioned. But um, if you're just an average Joe, you know, working and not in any particularly um, exalted position of any sort. Um, there are plenty of people who will go and if they have money buy extra fancy clothing and they just present themselves as something as more than just your average citizen. Like they're like higher class, whatever. Well, there's definitely a range. The question is where does the range begin and where does it end? But also, like you said, I think it's, it's, it goes beyond the desire to portray yourself as a person who is deserving of respect and dignity and that's kind of just who you are it becomes more of like what can i get you to think about me this is who or i what, am or what can i think about myself right, how can exactly. i inflate my own sense of self the fancier i dress then the the more important i am yeah in other words uh, images are very are very non not truthful an image is is very un, an image is not a reflection an image can easily to trick us into thinking fantastic thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, fantasy thoughts. In other words, a person starts looking at themselves. I mean, we know what happens. We look at ourselves in the mirror. If a person's very into their image, they're like I'm trying to be somebody else or look, get a look. You know, I, how many times do you look on the... I, I have to admit that like sometimes I open my WhatsApp and I put on the status mm-hmm. and I see these... Religious women, you know, you know, selling shaitals and makeup and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to cast, I don't want to cast aspersions, but they're trying to create looks like I'm not, I'm tired of grew up without sisters. So I don't know, you know, still never really got immersed in any of this stuff, but it's, it seems clear that what you're trying to do is create a look, right? The look is after something else or some designer that created the look, right? Or some model that's what they do they want to be trendsetters and they do a new look so then there's millions of people will follow that look so in and of itself that's like so 
I, you know, I, I see women struggle with this all the time. Like, do I need to look like somebody else? I want to be my authentic self. And, and like, bruh, just like chill out. Like, I don't envy anybody that has that <laughs> issue every day when they look in the mirror. Like, who am I looking like today? No, and then they get, have to come to them, to their great, you know, their great, you know, uh, uh, awakening. They're like, no, I just need to look like myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know what that all that that whole struggle is. I'm not, I'm not aware. I don't feel it. I don't, I don't know what it is. But when it comes to guys, it, it expresses itself in different ways. Guys will beef up, for example you know they'll make their bodies bigger gym bros right and so that when you see them you you say oh this guy's like ripped so you say oh he's wearing a, the clothes that he has on his body which is his body itself is is uh you have to take this guy more serious i mean this isn't a guy to trifle with he might be the biggest jerk in the world but you're gonna treat him with more respect right so it doesn't have anything to do with what he does or what he thinks or what he believes in it's just he has big muscles so that's man's thing. Or, 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 I don't know, guys get into the clothes also, whatever. You yeah, know. there. Are, at this point, there are plenty of women who are also going to the gym, beefing up, and plenty of guys who are super into their clothing. Yeah, but I don't think muscles for on women, generally speaking, means the same yeah. as it does for men. I don't know. I, I feel like you'd be surprised. It's a niche still. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just saying. Whatever it means, um, the externals of a person, if they're trying to reflect something that you're not, then that is the distortion of clothing, right? That's ultimately the distortion of clothing. So clothing is really a power move. Clothing is, not clothing is. We're talking about what clothing should be. Clothing right. should be, and that's, I think, what's the, the image we're trying to be taught over here about the Kohen Gadol and about the Sheva Binyamin and Binyamin and, Yehud, and Mordechai, um, is that <clears throat> it's supposed to help you um, reflect who you are. It's supposed to preserve your identity. It's supposed to create your own integrity, help you maintain your own integrity. But and, it, and sometimes you're called to reflect on a higher value that goes really beyond you. I'm not Mr. Shabbos. I never invented Shabbos. It's not my invention. If I invented Shabbos, then I would be wearing Shabbos clothes. I'd be like saying to everybody, yo, I'm the one who invented Shabbos, right? If I was the one who... Uh, who invented McDonald's, and I'm wearing McDonald's clothes all the time, I'm trying to tell the world that, look at me, I, I made McDonald's, right? But it's not that. You're, you're, you're reflecting a very, very, very high um, spiritual ideal, right? It goes beyond you. So you're, sometimes you're called on doing that, right? And, and therefore you have to act a certain way that go, that's not necessarily you. Right. So there's that line between where clothing is the reflection of who you are, but not just, but then there's the differentiation between vis-a-vis -vis yourself and vis-a-vis -vis other people. I think that's an important point then that you're mentioning. There's the clothing on the day in, day out, which is you're saying they, they protect your kavod, our sense of dignity and respect. Um, it's just, it's the, the more basic level of who we are coming into this world as. And then you're saying there are situations or instances in which we are called to dress the part of something else, which already has nothing to do with the reflection of ourselves, rather the the mission that we're being called upon to tifaret, to glorify, mm -hmm. to live up to. Um, so I think that might be a good differentiation to have because I feel like otherwise, I, like I was kind of, I got your point and I like it, but it, it's a little bit, 
gray. Like if clothing does represent the, who I am, then when I dress up as something, then that should also be who I am. But you're saying it's, it has nothing to do with you. It's not about how the crown looks on me. And now for I, like, now I feel like I'm a king and I'm wonderful. It's rather, I dress like a king because that is the role in which I am and must be vis-a-vis other people, not for myself. This is the mission that right. I'm being called upon to but do. It's, but it's also yourself. It's In other words, uh, the Kohen who wears the clothes, it's, it's influencing him to carry himself a certain way. When he goes home that night and he's at home, he can, he can live on a more basic level, right? He doesn't... But there's a, you ha, he has to do the effort to carry himself a certain way when he's in the base of There's no idea. But not for himself, essentially. Essentially because there is a mission that he's being called upon which yeah. requires more awareness, which requires right. more dignity, which requires right. this glory. It's this something to strive for, too, but it's not ideally... I mean, uh, uh, realistically, it's, it's, it's uh, a person that isn't necessarily living on that level all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like we don't live Shabbos the whole week. So if you wore Shabbos clothes the whole week, you would say, "Why are you wearing Shabbos clothes the whole week? Mm-hmm. What are you representing now? It's not Shabbos." Right. And the person would say, "Well, I want people to respect." So then it becomes about you. It's about you. What do you? You know. It's about clothing being a way to up to enhance your, your, up own your game image, which might not necessarily reflect anything real it's just you want people to you know what it is people project things we, we project things all the time we're yeah. constantly you see some food and you project how delicious it's going to be that goes really beyond what it actually is it's more in your mind it's it's a, it's a fantasy it's a project it's an image so we project images and fantasies on people as well we say oh that person probably you know this and probably they're that and you know and then you you know the clothes beyond the clothes it's nothing it's just mm-hmm. that's why i think just as a last point i think in general we should aim that clothes should be contextual to our society i think when people use clothes that that on are, are, are made or that are worn in a way <clears throat> that call out people's attention. Forget about all the religious issues and stuff. I'm not talking about sneers and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, what is a person doing if he's wearing clothing that that you know you have a hundred people on a bus and one person's wearing clothes that everybody's like looking at? What? Like, that's that the person is doing that. We can say because he w- doesn't. He wants people to think that he's more than everybody else. Or different. More. More. Because if, more. if it was different but not more, then why would he care? Different means more. Uh, I'm not like I'm not like those guys. If you loved everybody, you would be happy to wear whatever everybody else is wearing. So I'm saying, if you, if you, if, if that's you, a fascinating point. If you associated with everybody, if you associated with everybody, they are all your brothers and sisters, and you're and you, why would you have to? Why would you even have the need to do such a thing? You're with your family. Imagine if you walk out, you're with your family, and you come out with this skin tight. You know, I don't know, very revealing. Everybody look at you like, what the heck are you doing? And then it wouldn't it wouldn't take more than a second to change it. You know what I'm saying? But but all of a sudden when we're where these we're with these strangers, you, you're kind of people say to themselves, look, I don't, I'm not like them. So it's usually what's underlying that is some sense of like need to disassociate because there's things that you don't like about this or you don't like about that or you don't like about society or in general you just 
like a recluse or you're a antisocial or whatever it is. Rebel. Rebel, you know, look at any... And Individuation. Then it, right, and then it becomes like grunge tendencies, which is like instead of dressing up, you dress down. But dressing down is the same. It's not just because you wear torn everything and whatever. It's still the same. You're just saying, look at me, right? I'm something more than what I am. And you know what I am? I'm a rebel, free thinker, uh, original... Anti-conformist. Model of society. You know, maybe you're not. Maybe you're just a really boring person, but you think like you get excited about wearing these clothes because you want to you want to be that person, but you're mm. not. You're not really that person. If you were, perhaps you'd be doing some interesting things instead of just wearing awful clothing. <laughs> I'm saying all the statements of, you know, children do those things. Adolescents mm. do those things because they're trying to find their identity. So when they, when they don't know who they are, they try to use their clothes to identify them. And then they chase their clothes as if that, that's really them. Mm-hmm. And then they get even more confused. Right? So th- that's why it always shows up in, like, in those ages where people don't really have a, a clear definition of who they are. So the part of kavod, what kavod of what? What am I protecting? What am, what, it's protecting my integrity. What, I don't know what my integrity is. Mm. what it means right not sure what i am so that's when the clothes starts changing you wear like this and it's super self self-conscious and about exactly what you're wearing and blah, blah, blah. you have to grow out of that ultimately right mm-hmm. fun points new perspectives and we don't have time to keep going into that so i guess inviting everyone else to put in their three cents into this conversation feel free to send us an email um it's on the show notes um, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say um, and yeah, just talk about this with your friends. If you've got teenagers, bring this up. Great conversations. Um, yeah, lots of points to think about here. So we hope you all have a lovely Shabbos and a Chag Purim Sameach. And that's a wrap, my friends. We hope that our conversation inspired you and gave you something to chew on. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, topics you'd be interested in discussing, and even triggers so we can generate more relevant and meaningful conversation. You can contact us at fdhp.feedback at gmail.com. And we are wishing you a blessed week, and we'll catch you next time.